Hey, Sean. Hello. Do you ever have the problem where you buy a new toy, you buy a device, and you want to set it up, but then you realize that you have not enough space to use said device? No, I buy devices and go, oh, shit, I don't know how to set this up. <laughs> well, so that's even worse. Like You don't even get to the point where you're, you're going to set it up. Uh, I bought a laser engraver, laser cutter, whatever is the next step in the uh, 3D printing dungeon that I have. Uh, and I may or may not have miscalculated the desk space required for it. Uh, I've waited like three months for this thing to show up and it's still sitting in the box because I have nowhere, to, <laughs> nowhere to set it up. Yeah, typical David, I need to buy something and I have no idea. I got, I got a question for you. Sure. If you buy these items, do you mm. treat them like your video games? Like <laughs> I play uh, them for the first three hours and then never touch them again. No, no, I don't. I don't video game my 3D printers and stuff like that. I, I've made some pretty good, pretty decent things. I mean, like I haven't used my 3D printers in a little while just because of, you know, the summer. And I do that more in the winter when I'm like stuck inside and whatnot. To warm your house up. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, pretty, <laughs> pretty much. And I am working on the pit droid still, but uh uh, no, like this is more of like a hobby. It's like a thing to get away from even like you don't have to think too much about it. Like it's video an games escapist thing, hobby right? away from your hobby. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's right? a vacation <laughs> hobby. <laughs> yeah. You know, but you know what our listeners are not going to have to worry about finding space for. What's that? This episode of the Scene on Screen podcast. Hey, whether it's your favorite tabletop adventure, movie, or video game, we've got you covered. Welcome to the Scene on Screen podcast with your That's right. The intro said Sean and David, and we're here with the Scene on Screen podcast. David, how are you? I'm uh, I'm a little sad, Sean. Why? Why are you sad? <laughs> so you know how I live up in the North Pole, besides Santa Claus. Like not right besides, he's a few blocks down, but yeah, close okay, enough. Okay. <laughs> you live with the elves. <laughs> yeah. Um. So apparently, earlier this week. There was supposed to be a sweet ass Aurora Borealis. And I looked online and there was like a, a globe map of where you should be able to see it. And I don't know if I missed the memo of what time the show was because I kept checking outside and I did not see any green lights in the sky. Apparently it's between like nine and eleven. Um there was some scene in the Kitchener area. Yeah, apparently like it was you could see it pretty like if you had a dark sky, right? Like uh, you could see it fairly low, like southern Canada into the United States. But yeah, I mean, I'm pretty far up here and I didn't see any of it. Now, one of my friends who lives like even further north than me, like past Santa Claus, uh, posted some pictures on their Facebook of like some pretty intense like green aurora borealis and did they do that douchey thing where it's like shot on iphone shot on s23 oh. ultra shot on z fold <laughs> shot on my uh my me phone my xiaomi or me, the, me mate e, 19 e, e finny yeah all these stupid I mean, ones i hate when phone companies like 
add that uh, watermark by default because I think they're just banking on people not knowing to turn the watermark off. No, most people just post it on their Instagram. Shot on iPhone. Yeah. You make it sound super sexy. Shot on Galaxy S23 series. Have you seen that? Uh, have you seen that? Um, that Bentley commercial? Like the bag place? <laughs> no, not Bentley. Like the car company. Oh, okay. The car company? Uh, so there's a, a vi- video of like a commercial of this girl like going like Bentley and then like rubbing her fingers across the grill. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> and and then um zoom zoom yeah stuff like that but then like people are are making fun about uh, of it so there's like a guy like on a train and he's like uh was like train and he like knocking on the train stuff and choo, choo. <laughs> anyways this sounds like the lamest commercial ever and david's trying desperately to like explain it while making me laugh and he's just holding out <laughs> the pauses okay. are so elongated oh no okay it's like okay i'll send some memes uh because people like will will recreate it and uh but it's like the the original commercial is so stupid it's like trying to be a what's it called uh when people make the sound like the asmr right a- asmr yeah like we're not this? gonna get it yeah <laughs> yeah that kind of stuff right but oh. like this girl's doing all this stuff on uh like the different areas in the car right but then people are making uh, what's it called uh when they they uh copy a a tiktok video or whatever it is what like when they record like over a tiktok video or like whatever like voiceover no something like that but so then there's like a guy that did one like in his toyota corolla (laughs) <laughs> it's like beat down car. It's just so funny. Some guy did, like I said, did it on a train, but I don't even know where we're, why we're getting into this. You've lost me. Oh, what have I've, you done this week? We are just I moving feel, straight <laughs> along. Completely lost. We're, we're just like all over the place. What uh, have you I, done last this week? I went to a friend's wedding in wine country. Another uh, wedding? Canadian wine country. So Niagara. That's Niagara. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you, I am obsessed with peach sangria. It uh, it was like one of the cocktails, a cocktail hour. It was that or a gin and tonic. And I was like, you know what? Haven't drank all day. Feeling a little parched. Feeling a little saucy. Feeling a little saucy. I'm going to have one of these. They made, instead of an ice cube, they made it with a frozen peach slice that warmed up as your, like your drink warmed up. And And you know, everyone, this was Sean right after he took his first sip. It was. I can honestly tell you, for the first wedding in probably three years, not one drop of beer through that entire wedding. The rehearsal dinner, drank, I had a beer. You just drank sangrias the whole time? like I drank sangrias. I drank rum and Cokes. But like the sangria was so good. And like this, um, we, we went to Consulman Estates, which is like famous for their peach wine. Very, mm-hmm. very good. So, okay, we so remind, re- remind me, what is a sangria that's wine and like fruit juice or something like that? I think it's that fruit juice and club soda, I think. 
Now, did they have like fruit and stuff like that floating around? I remember being at just the a bar. frozen peach. Okay, see, because I remember being at going to the bars when I was younger, and uh, you know, all the girls would order sangria at the at tables and stuff like that. So they just come out with like a big pitcher of stuff, and I just remember there being like fruit and shit floating around in this this jar or whatever so you, it's called. You need wine, fruit, and a spirit. So in most cases, it's like a fruit schnapps, a rum, a cognac, or a brandy. So I'm guessing it was like a white rum with the, okay, yeah. the peach. Most likely a, a white rum because in, well, I guess they could use a spiced rum. That wouldn't be too bad. I mean, we, uh, the porch crawlers that we made at uh, my uh, bachelor party, we used fireball in there and that added some nice spiciness too. <laughs> uh, I made one porch crawler so good at your, your bachelor party. I don't think I'll, I'll ever be able to replicate how good no, that tastes. No, it was, uh, I mean, nobody knows very what blue. Was in, nobody knows what was in it. Because Except we didn't take track. <laughs> we didn't take track. <laughs> Anyways, what are we going to talk about today? Um, we're going to talk more about drinking sangria because I'm obsessed. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we've actually only got two real topics today on the docket. David and I played Walkabout Mini Golf's new map, Elfheim. We're going to expl- uh, share some of our experiences with that. And then we're going to talk about the highly anticipated Nintendo Direct that happened last week. And uh, we're going to share our thoughts on some of the games that uh, they displayed and showed off. Our distaste in the fact that there was again no switch to announced you know yeah, the fun what, stuff what the hell nintendo and and the thing is is this is right around the time that nintendo should be announcing a uh sequel to this nintendo switch if they want to hit that uh holiday season buying I'm- craze I'm saving my pennies because if there is a Switch 2 announced, I'll probably buy one at launch. Yeah, I mean, I still have my launch uh, original Switch from Me day one. Me too. Not day, day one. one, but like close. I mean, so, I literally walked into, I got mine from Shoppers Drug Mart. I walked in there. They had two and it's like, I will take one, please. And they were like $329, please. Has like optimum points. <laughs> That'll be $29, please. $29, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Walkabout Mini Golf has another quality of life update as well as another $5 map. Now, out of all the maps, this one is one of the most $5. So, it's definitely worth the value, I, I would think, just on visuals and playability. Mm-hmm. But Let's let's set the scene. So Elfheim is pretty much what you'd imagine Lord of the Rings, like Hobbit living. Is. Yeah, it's like uh, the area where the elves live in Lord of the Rings. It's like pretty much what it was. But they've made a cardinal mistake. And David, David mentioned this to me last night, and it didn't really bother me until he brought it up. The world is stunning. The, the trees are moving with the breeze. The light is refracting perfectly through the trees as they move. The leaves are falling. The swans are swimming. And that's it. There is no life to be found on these maps. There's swans two don't crows. E- the swans don't even have legs. But it's a 3D. <laughs> it's a VR game. Come on. 
But like the one thing I know Edward mentioned it and um, I believe his name was John. He mentioned it as well. Aside from Labyrinth, they weren't going to do a lot of NPC stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think it's taking away from this game now. Obviously, we don't need people walking around and following you around holes, but like a little bit of life goes a long way. And when we when we played Labyrinth, you felt like you were immersed in that world because you saw some of the characters in that world. Yeah. Elfheim looked like well stunning. And I, I maintain it's probably a top two or three looking course for me. Yeah, yeah, it. It is a, a probably one. I, I agree. It's probably one of the best looking courses. I put it up there above Sweetopia and Shangri-La. It might actually be my number one. Like visually, I, I believe that. I still think Sweetopia is funnest in regards to. Uh, the colors are also less hurtful to your eyes. The more bright colors, I think the easier it is. On you in VR. That's fair. But it just lacked life. Yeah. And. As for something that is they're they're tr- obviously like trying to build uh, a unique world, but it almost feels like it's abandoned. You know, and with the fox hunt, there's a story that goes on and whatnot. But I, again, it, it feels like there's nothing actually there. So. For for something like this one, I think it would be really it would just add to the immersion of that if they had elves or even like creatures or something like that like other than like the swans that were floating around and the two uh, crows in the tree and the two crows in the trees if there was more than that it would feel like the the world is a little bit more alive and that you're you're i don't like visitors to this you know mystical land but it really just felt like you know we were we stumbled upon this you know abandoned city yes and ban an elf house and and as much as it was it was fun to play and i think they they have learned quite a bit from the past few that they did where like the past few maps were very detailed right like they i think they were kind of trying to go for more visual uh, and visuals and things going on in the world like the underwater one so um, much happening. So much happening. But again, that was that was a strain on the system, right? Like it was uh, we had so many frame rate drops and, and loading issues with that one. But uh, um, I, I feel like they've they've kind of taken a step back. This one looks great because it's I wouldn't say it's like simple because it's it's far from that. It's it's more artistic, maybe. Uh, but it just felt like the world was lacking one thing, and that's life. <laughs> you That's know, fair. If, and uh, I think other it, it doesn't would it, it wouldn't ha- help every course, right? Uh, like uh, the twenty thousand leagues under the sea. You know that one. You're on a, a, a submarine, right? The Nautilus, and that makes sense for it to be kind of empty, right? Yeah. Because it's been abandoned. Uh, same with the what journey to the center of the earth or whatever. Again, you're it makes sense for it to be empty, but they built this world as if it was a, a, a thriving forest uh, of the elves or yeah, elves. And uh, there's no one there. 
I'd agree. I think like maybe adding some things in would be too much. But again, we're comparing everything to Labyrinth and we might mm-hmm. see the final Vern's. Um, what's his name? The final one of that series done and we'll, we'll see kind of how it ends. And if they do a lot of extra work to it, mm-hmm. but even like one or two people, Vern, right? Yeah, yeah. Even one or two people would have made a big difference. Like there's the there's an area in there where there's obviously a band that would have been playing. Right. Yeah. They could have they could have had a few NPCs just animated in there. Maybe not necessarily playing the uh, the instruments, but maybe have like one or two of them talking to each other. Right. Like they're they're preparing playing, work or something. Like that, playing right? the inter- but, instruments would have been inter- interesting, too, because it gives you kind of that depth that you're in that area. Right. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, so yeah. I want to ask you about the I, I guess the replayability. I want to ask you about the well i will we'll we'll see replayability and difficulty of the courses we'll talk about the ball hunt for a little bit and then we'll talk about um hard slash fox hunt and then we'll move on but starting off with the difficulty and replayability how often do you see yourself playing this course i mean it's not overly difficult but it's not super easy i mean i didn't do any significantly worse than I normally do when we, when we're playing uh, first times around. Uh, And, and when, when I play, I just kind of like, we're we're focused on getting the balls and then just kind of getting through the courses. Right. So I'm not trying to be as super strategic as I would be if I was just playing to, to get under par. Right. Uh, So I think with this one, it reminded me a lot of what was the one with like, it was like the desert, uh it was like one of the original maps desert i, I have to look this up uh no just wait more uh, <laughs> you don't you like my uh you like my um it kind of reminded me a little bit of like coyote valley not so much coyote valley but what was it, it arizona was modern arizona modern yeah that's the one just because i feel like that one uh it it gave me a sense of like these maps. There's there's some decent puzzles with it, but it's not like overly difficult. Um, so I always like playing Arizona Modern every so often, um, and I think this one would be probably a fairly regular like go to. Um, I think we would definitely play this one over, say, Temple at Zazura or uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth, right? Yeah. But- and definitely way more than uh, missed <laughs> garbage, uh, which is probably too bad because they probably paid so much for that IP. Um, I thought it was like you, you, you care a little bit more about like just finding the balls and stuff, but I always like to see what my benchmark can be the first time I play it. So when I play, I still try and do like I try and figure out the puzzles, but see if I can do my absolute best. I should like, yeah, mini golf does give you the opportunity to have hole in ones, but I shouldn't have a hole in one and an eagle on the first four holes and finish minus nine my first try. Well, I mean, that first one was, uh, I think, was very lucky. Yeah. Um, because there were some holes on there that were just like, not like stupid is the wrong word, frustrating. Right, you're not wrong it, it just felt like if you figured out the pattern or the puzzle 
it was very easy to kind of navigate your way through the course. Yeah, but that's like any of the courses, though. Upside Down Town was very difficult the it first was. time we played it. Yeah, because it's like we had no idea where <laughs> where the ball was going to go. But uh, no, I think they they toned down the difficulty quite a bit on this one. But as well, like it, taking Upside Down Town or even Sweet Topia, for example, like Sweet Topia was like a world that was uh, very unique um, and. It was kind of it. It, it kind of has like the this design built into the world that those courses or those um, um, those yeah holes are going to be a little bit more different and a little bit more puzzly, so to speak. Whereas uh, Alfheim, because it is designed to be, you know, like it's got this like this architecture that's very, I don't know, symmetrical. And it's, I don't know how to describe this. It's like very elfish. <laughs> um, the courses the, have to be artistic as well. It's very artistically yeah. designed world. And the holes have to be artistic as well, right? So that kind of takes away the ability to really create uh, maybe a, a super challenging course or something that's unique enough that it's it's different because if they were to do that it would take away from the uh, artistry of the world around it and it just wouldn't match and the ball hunt was awful was i mean yes and no i wouldn't say that it was the most difficult uh, one that we did But I'd say ignoring is correct because there's a lot of balls that were like pretty far off the beaten path. Like there was one that was near uh, a bunch of beehives, which was like pretty much nowhere near like a hole uh, away. Right. Yeah. Um, But are you finding that the, the ball designs are getting kind of like boring? Yeah, I've been saying that for a while. And like, you can only do so much, and I get that. A lot of these ones are apparently user-designed ones as well. How do we get the Scene on Screen podcast logo on there? We keep begging or we send one in. Um, The table is so full now, too. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, they're going to have to update the the Caddyshack um, because they're going to need a table. You can't even you can't even see the instructions. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> the controls not that like if if by the time you have all of those uh those balls if you don't know how to play the game you got bigger problems but still do you remember that feeling when we only had one ball do you remember yeah. that feeling i now, remember i remember like when we only had like one course no nah, the game the when we bought and, the game it already had like 10 yeah it had like the the default ones um so Here's where I was super impressed. Hard mode in the Fox hunt was the course in reverse. We've never seen that. Mm-hmm. Which is cool. But then in, the holes were crazy. Crazy. They were hard. Like, yes and no. Some of them were. Some of them were just like frustrating. Um, I felt like the. The expectation of the final hole was very disappointing in comparison to the 
variety of the 17 prior holes. Like <laughs> laser layer had like the robot or the big laser one self-destructed mist had a really cool or labyrinth had a really cool ending mist had kind of a decent ending um journey to the center of the earth also cool ending this one just felt very lackluster in that regard Mm -hmm. um and then like you know as as you're going through the the hard mode you're going kind of backwards through the course and the the holes are i think they were hard enough to be considered good enough for the hard mode yeah Yeah, you couldn't you couldn't just uh you had to be more strategic and i think generally by the time we play that one we're just more like okay let's just play this and get through it um but so it has all this kind of like build up towards all these these holes right like each one is getting a little bit more progressively difficult or more puzzly and then we get to the hole 18 and it is just pretty much like that uh, arcade game that you play at the fair when you have to throw the ball down to the end and get it in the the circles, right? And each one is worth different points. That's all it was, which is disappointing. A little because bit because you you hit it in there, and if you're you have like pretty much one chance to get it into one of these spots, and, uh, and then it just falls into a hole that says like one, two, three, or four, and that's your that's your stroke for that hole and that's it so it was a little disappointing with the with how everything was with the course overall but sean how do you feel about the course overall though like in comparison to say our expectations uh going into i'll be honest i didn't see the trailer for this map so i had had limited expectations i saw the odd post um visually very impressed um, I thought the course was actually fairly well thought out. I know some holes were a little bit more frustrating than others, but overall I'd give it a solid four out of five, four mini golf balls out of five. That's fair. I think, um, I think the design of the courses, like the holes, they weren't, uh, they didn't leave you guessing on what you needed to do, right? Like we, you could look at the, the hole and say, okay, this is this is the puzzle. This is what I have to do. And then the challenge comes from getting the shot, power, and location just right. Um, and visually, it looks great. I think the replayability in general, it's it's replayable for sure. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, it's uh, it's enjoyable enough that it's not going to be frustrating, or you just have to kind of force yourself through it. So, um, I agree with your your rating. I'd say four out of five is a is a pretty fair rating for this course now what's probably not gonna get a four out of five is the latest installment of nintendo direct well i don't agree with the naysayers on the internet saying it was the worst thing ever i did text david after i watched most of it saying you're going to be mad and was i not really (laughs) <laughs> not, not really. <laughs> no, but David did call this phenomenon a while ago with with one of our Nintendo rants and mainly his identification that Nintendo is now in the 
a realm where they could just print like lay back print money and re-release stuff nonstop without any sort of consequence. Mm-hmm. And it's proven with the first thing they show off a Splatoon three expansion pass. Just kidding. We're just going to pass that. It's just DLC. We're going to yeah, talk and, about and all Sp- the games they showed. And Splatoon three is like the most recent in the series, right? So, but still it's no, uh, no surprise that Nintendo released, uh, is releasing DLC for that game and releasing another expansion pass for one of their main games. Right. And then they're like, Hey, everyone, you like nostalgia. You're dumb. How about a remake <laughs> of Mario versus Donkey Kong in this refreshed version of the game? You see Mario solving puzzles and battling Donkey Kong, just like he has done in the past. Well, like, because this I understand game, most of the maps are the same. Yeah, I think the game came out originally on the Game Boy Advance. Uh, and then it was so I don't know if it's a remake per se, but it is the same kind of like puzzle game that we've played many, many times. And so there's no real. I don't know, no real. I don't even know. It's not exciting. It's like, OK, am I going to play this game? Probably not. Was I really into the one on Game Boy Advance? Not really. No, me neither. Would I would I play it if it was cheap? Sure. Will I play it because it's seventy nine ninety nine? Not even a little. No, absolutely not. This is definitely not a game that should be full price. If anything, this game should be like a thirty dollar game. But it won't be. No, because it's Nintendo. So you got to pay that Nintendo tax. Now, a game that looks like it should be thirty nine, well, but it will also probably be overpriced, is the new Prince of Persia: The Lost Crown. Now, the one advantage of this game is because it's uh, an Ubisoft title, it will be heavily discounted probably soon. fairly soon. <laughs> if not, you know, f- a few weeks after release. Now, I will say for a game that's come out on a new console, this game looks like I can play it on my GameCube. Because you can. Because it's also coming out for the Nintendo GameCube. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? And, and I'll... I'll just mentioned uh, if anyone had seen some of the the posts going around uh, comparing the greatest fighting game ever, Mortal Kombat One, uh, from the PS5 to the Nintendo Switch, you, you got to look this up because it just shows how one. Okay, well, let me just preface: it's amazing that Mortal Kombat is even on the Switch, uh, and like same with other games that have are huge, like uh, like really high graphics, but. It just shows that the Nintendo Switch is at the end of its life cycle. I can have better graphics on my cell phone. Right. And now granted, my phone is, you know, a $1,200 phone because phone prices are stupid these days. But still, the fact is that uh, I can get a cell phone and play uh, new games and and have great graphics on, on a phone, whereas the Nintendo Switch is just like lagging behind. Like, And they, they need a refresh, so... On what planet is your phone $1,200? S23 Ultra? It's like a $2,000 phone. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> you sure about that? 100%. You sure about that? <laughs> okay, whatever. I got a $2,000 phone. But I live near the North Pole, so no one's going to come and rob me. But 
Regardless, Anyways, back to I, could buy of Persia, a, I could buy a. I could buy a. Looks like a mobile game. I, I was gonna say I could buy a six hundred dollar phone and play Prince of Persia on there. And you know what? It probably is coming out on mobile. Let me just look this up. I, I actually think it might have been included in the iPhone 15 trailers. The 15 Pro Max is going to get its own like Assassin's Creed. So yeah. good on them. What is it coming out on? Okay. Uh, actually, no, it's not. Surprising, surprising. PC, Nintendo Switch, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Series X, and then Amazon Luna. So it's not coming you, out on. You know what? Hearing PS4 and Xbox One, that makes some sense. Yeah, right. Because it's the last generation. Yeah, this game was clearly made for last gen stuff, and that's why it was it's coming on the Nintendo Switch. So, anyways, All moving right. forward. Are you playing it or not? Uh, hold on. What am I playing? Prince of Persia. The answer is am no. I playing it? No, probably not. All right. Next up, they showed off Horizon Chase Two, which honestly made me think I was at Dave and Buster's. Or again, I fired up my GameCube and I wanted to play a really crappy looking racer. I know this looks it's a mobile game. Like, I don't get it. This cruising USA. That's what it reminds me of. Oh, man. But cruising, cruising USA was great, though. Or cruising world. So this game good. just looks. uh it's frustrating you, what they made us watch. And you know what's funny, though, is like when you go and when you're watching this and they show it, I mean, it has four player split screen, but the frame rate drops in the trailer are, are just astronomical. So, yeah, no thanks. All right. So, no thanks for me and no thanks for you. Next up, they showed Super Crazy Rhythm Castle, which is a rhythm game where you use rhythm to solve puzzles and beat bad guys. Isn't that how we normally uh, solve puzzles and beat bad guys in real life? Yeah, usually I pull out my drum set and I play guitar on my sword. It's exactly yes. how it happens. Well, here's the thing, though. It used to be dance battles. Right? Yes, so but things, things have upgraded. We've upgraded. Ever since I hurt my hip, I moved on to, to rhythm battles. Yeah, those uh, those uh, pelvic thrusts were, were pretty dangerous. Gyration for, station for those, the nation. <laughs> yeah, nobody was safe. Another uh, pass. Next up, Spy... Anya Operation Memories, Bandai Namco Entertainment. This I don't know seems this like a game, game that David would play all the time. The trailer is literally thirty seconds long, and it looks no. like I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know what type of game this is. It's like a puzzle game, or it's like a detective game. I don't know. Uh, again, it's literally this is made for like designed for no offense, but girls and children, and a card really? game, and the the Wii Fit girl is in it. For yeah. some strange reason, yeah. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, so first big thing they showed off. Yeah, really. But the thing is, it wasn't even a new announcement because we knew that this game was coming out because they announced it last direct. Uh, this is the Super Mario. What is it Super Mario RPG? Yeah, uh, the remake. Now they did show a little bit of uh, extra uh, gameplay for this one. So um, for people who haven't played the uh, original game on Super Nintendo. I mean, it looks true to the original in the sense that uh, the battle system and all that and graphics are just updated. Cool. They added a few extra features, such as like a super bonus thing that goes up. And as you're battling, you can do some super cool attacks. And then uh, moves. the ability to watch or sorry, uh, battle bosses over again. 
So for people who like those uh, super challenges and stuff like that. So, uh, but Sean, you said that you weren't going to get this because you'd rather play the original. I'm still working on the original. I'm almost done. Really? But like, I might, I might play it just so I can play it on the Switch on the TV. But I'm also, it's a we're we're in a cash crunch, man. Yeah. Like, honestly, when I look at all these games on this list. And I look at the end of the year, the only games that I know I'm purchasing for sure are Starfield, which I'm already playing, but I'm going to buy the physical and Spider-Man 2. So like, I don't really see myself jumping into a lot of these games, but I see myself playing some. That's fair. Moving on, we have another code, uh, the Recollection. Another code recollection. Uh, What is this? It's a. Looks like an adventure game. It's a like a detective game. Uh, Yeah, it's like you got to solve puzzles. Those birds look good, though. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, not my kind of game. But the cover, uh, like the the main banner of this has the girl crying. So maybe something sad happened to her. Yeah. Um, Probably a pass from me. Here is one that was actually interesting. We saw a teaser, the last Nintendo Direct, and now we actually got a look at Princess Peach Showtime. It looks like it follows the exact same elements as Super Mario Odyssey, but instead of the hat, you get a ribbon. And costume changes. And again, they're... And isn't it... Like, it looks like it's just a side-scroller. It's a side-scroller that takes place on stage. Oh, yeah. So it's like she's putting on a show. Princess Peach. I hope this game truly hits because, like, it's nice to have a different main character. That's true. From your roster. Yeah. And I I think Peach is a very positive character to have like continually build up and grow right so I, yeah. i'm looking forward to playing this i think my other half wants to pick it up so that means i'll be able to play it anyways yeah and i think uh something like this as well like it it i think this is an empowering game for like a lot of young girls uh in the sense that this is showing like peach you know, put on different costumes, having different jobs and stuff like that so if you want someone to kind of feel empowered and be like i can be whatever I want to be, right? And this is something that kind of shows that. So I think that's kind of cool. So what are they making Ray Skywalker the video game? Because Shut she, up. So the she next got thing to we're be talking, whatever she wanted to the be. Next thing we're talking about is Saga Emerald Beyond, which is uh part of the Saga series. It's like an RPG series. Uh I mean uh, I probably won't play this. I mean like I like RPGs, but this isn't my jive. I'm sure people might. Sean Sean loves these games. Totally. They're they're mm-hmm. my favorite. Mm-hmm. Not as much as I love the next games that they showed. Now, this is uh, Tomb Raider 1 through 3 remastered. And they made it a point to call it starring Lara Croft. I don't remember the original game saying that they starred Lara Croft. But, David, did you watch these trailers? Yes. Did you notice something? Uh, the boobs weren't triangular. Yes, they've put on smoothing. So you have the choice of having 
um, the new improved smoothed out graphics, or you could play with polygons. Like and your OG we were, uh, PlayStation. We were watching this trailer because we were watching the Nintendo Direct. And I was just like, what did they do to our boobies? Yeah. And my other half was like, why are they so big? I was like, oh, that's Lara Croft. Like, yeah, that's just yeah. how they made her. That's and just she's like, so what are you complaining about? I was like, they used to be triangles. Yeah, they used to be triangles. Everything now, used to be triangles. The one thing with this, like, it's cool that they're they're re-releasing these games because everyone knows, like, the Tomb Raider games or the, that series. Uh, it, it's a pretty big series. It's been going on for a long time. There's a uh, reason we have Uncharted. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's a reason why we have the the movies starring Angelina Jolie. Um, but the the thing that really annoys me with some of these remasters and stuff like that, or these HD remakes, is that this is just a reskin of the original game. So the controls are going to be clunky, just like they were on the original PlayStation, right? Uh, camera controls are going to be clunky as well. So it, I think it's going to be a game for people who uh, want to enjoy the nostalgia of these original games, but I don't think it's going to be something that is uh, going to be as easily accessible to people who are like maybe uh, fans of the series, but never played them because uh, we both know how frustrating it can be to go back and play some like original 3d, like uh, first gen 3d games because yeah because (laughs) we're talking uh, to you (laughs) the controls that we're so used to nowadays uh just weren't refined back then because people were still trying to figure out how things worked in a 3d space right so it'll be interesting to see how this one this one does um i might pick it up when it goes on sale just to have it in my collection because i think this is a cool piece of it's a it's a cool piece of history right that has been brought into the modern age and not so much to the point where it's a complete remaster such as uh or sorry a complete remake such as uh super mario rpg right where it kind of takes the original game but updates it and and, but it doesn't feel the same so i kind of laughed while they were playing the trailer and they had like the side swipe go by and like the smooth ground turned into just this big rectangle coming out i was like that's the game i loved yeah right um I, I'll definitely probably give it a whirl if I get frustrated by the controllers. That makes sense. Uh, next up, they showed off Detective Pikachu Returns. And if I didn't know any better, based off what the trailer showed, I'm pretty sure it's the plot of the movie we just saw. Yeah, right? It looks almost exactly <laughs> the same because uh, the guy's got to find his missing father and we saw Mewtwo in there. Uh, Bullying people. Except yeah. you get to you get to team up with Growlithe, you get to hang out with Score Bunny by the looks of it. Like there's lots of like fun little things. Now, did know. you ever play? Did you ever play the original uh, Detective Pikachu on the 3DS? Sadly, I did not. Okay, so uh, I remember years ago, uh, she who should not be named saw this game and was like, "Oh, this seems kind of cool, right?" Then she looked it up and they then was like, well, Pikachu has like a middle aged man's voice, right? And so she was just ripping on it. It's like, what the hell did they do to Pikachu? So she just kept making fun of the game. It was like, this is stupid. I'm never going to play it. So I bought it for her for Christmas and she played the shit out of that game. Like, I absolutely loved it. 
And then we went to the movies. That's that was right before Detective Pikachu came out in theaters. Saw that. So uh, there is definitely a market for this game. Uh, am I going to play it? Uh, probably not. Um, I never really. Will played you them. own it? Absolutely. You're 100 percent because why not? Right. Um, game of the year candidate coming up next. Trombone champ. You better I'm not sorry. say anything bad about this game. Uh, this this game's game. a real toot. <laughs> wow. Holy Wow Studios creates tram, uh, trombone jam. This game looks as basic as it could be. But the good news is you could change the pitch based on how you hold your Joy-Con. This game is going to be absolutely hard on the wrist, hard on the ears, Hard on everybody in the room. How many hard times can you say? How many times can you say hard on? Tromboner champ. <laughs> Trombone champion. I mean, this game is stupid. It it was clearly put in in this. It's this is like right near the the halfway point of the the Nintendo the show. Direct. Yeah, and it's like clearly a meme game. Like it was something that this is definitely looks like shovelware. But the fact that it's in the Nintendo Direct and they're they're it's going to sell well. It honestly looks like one of those. It's a fun party game. Like it's but just David, like it was okay. available later today, a week ago. Yeah, I'll buy it when it goes on sale. I think I told you what was the message I sent you? Like when I was like reviewing this, and like Trombone Jam looks fucking amazing. Well, it also looks like Battle Crush, which is literally just Pokemon United. And yeah, League like what's going on with that? What's like what the <laughs> hell is this? It's literally just the same game. Yeah. Over and over again. Hey, it's, game it's developers. Like Pokemon, it's like Pokemon and Digimon mixed together. That's. But you could be a cute little dinosaur, so it's all forgiven. Now, there is a cool, cool mechanic to this game, and that's like where the world kind of falls apart. Oh, like any other battle royale where the world gets closer and closer and closer. Yeah, but it, this is different because the same same falling apart whatever okay so next we got uh coming up we got war tales this game kind of looks neat it kind of gives me old diablo vibes yeah it's a tactical rpg so Baldur's gate anyone Baldur's gate or just really any tactical rpg uh it looks kind of cool i think uh these types of games work well on the nintendo switch because you can kind of just hang out and lie on your couch and play these games uh, it does have uh, online co-op, which is kind of interesting. Which now, won't work because it's Nintendo. Yeah, but I think uh, for the online co-op to be worthwhile, uh, it needs to be set up so that if people are, if like say I join your game, it needs to progress my game. Because especially with some of these like tactical RPGs and stuff like that, battles can go on for a long time. So I would hate to have to... Uh, like I'd hate to join a game where I help you unlock a bunch of shit and have to go through like f- a few hours of stuff. And then I have to do it all over again, just to unlock it in my game. Um, so just like in state of decay two, you just continue to play along and you hope and hope and hope that your game will connect, uh, com- 
like continue on and then you turn on your own game and you realize you have to do everything all over again. And, and that was so disappointing when we played that, right? Because like the, there was such big hype behind that one. And then we loaded up and played. We played for probably like a good hour and a half, two hours, only to find that you didn't unlock anything in your game. And yeah, it was. <laughs> we stopped playing that instantly. But it made me feel better that we killed that person. So that's true. Yeah. Yeah. That guy wouldn't let us in his car, so we killed him. Fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, they showed us Contra Operation Galaga. Side scrolling bullet hell. Sign me up. Uh, yeah, the Contra games are always fun. I like the updated graphics. It looks fun. This, uh, they, the last Contra game that they released was like Contra Rogue Core, which played like garbage on the Nintendo Switch. But this, I think, goes back to more of the the classic side scrolling style, such a that we're used to, like on the NES and Super Nintendo. Um, this looks fun, especially with like co op and stuff like that. Uh, I mean, I would buy this on discount. Sale. Yeah. Uh, next up, they showed us Unicorn Overlord. Whatever this is. Oh, it's yeah. like another tactical RPG, kind of like uh, Fire Emblem. It, it looks like one of those games that they sell on the Android App Store. Oh, yeah, because all the games on uh, <laughs> the Android <laughs> App Store are these anime style RPGs. Well, I'm not wrong. No, you're you're not. Um, Next up, they showed off Luigi's Mansion 2 HD. Congratulations, Nintendo. It's another remake. This one from your GameCube. Or this was a Wii U, wasn't it? No, this was... This was... I think this was Luigi's Mansion 2. I think that one was on 3DS, actually. Oh, well, then it's getting an uplift, too. Good for it. Yeah, that was uh on the 3DS. So I mean that that's fair. It's they're they're bringing a game from the 3DS to the Nintendo Switch, but again, this is Nintendo just remaking games of their past and selling them like this is going to be a $90 game, right? Like I wonder what the record is or what game they've resold the most. Is it Arcade of Time? Or is it new Super Mario Bros. Wii, Wii U, Deluxe on Switch, but also on everything else? <laughs> I it's don't just know. the same game over and over and over again. New Super Mario Bros. Deluxe. Wii, Wii, Wii. You know what that's from, right? No, but. <laughs> I think it's like Kung Fury or something like that. Kung Pao, Enter the Fist. Ooh. Um, next up, they showed us the Nintendo Museum and their plans for that. That's kind of cool. It's located. With a Mario block in the in, middle of a street in, in Japan. Yeah, um, they showed off some Amiibos um, for those who are still collecting Amiibos. They finally added Sora to complete the Super Smash Brothers Ultimate roster in Amiibos. So now the entire roster is Amiibo formed. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. And then this is probably one of the, the bigger announcements um, after that was the latest in their 99 player series of games. Uh, they announced F zero 99. Sean, did you, did you play F zero on the super Nintendo? I did. I played a lot. This is pretty much F zero on the super Nintendo, but with 
against 98 other players. It's kind of a cool concept. I uh, dabbled in it a little bit. Um, it's fun and it's frustrating, but uh, it, it's it's not too bad. Like, I mean, I've played a few few maps where I've come in like fourth or fifth, which is pretty cool. Um, I don't know how long this one's going to last, but I think because this is like a main Nintendo. Actually, no, I'm because they got rid of Mario 99. Yeah, that one was fun. But uh, yeah, we'll see if this one, how long this one lasts, because um, the only one that's really been going is Tetris 99, which I've put in hundreds of hours into that game. But uh, have you played this one yet? Not yet. No, it's it's on my to do list. Uh, essentially, if it's not Starfield and it's not football, I don't care right now. It's, uh, it's just kind of like where I'm at. Now, uh, the next game they showed off is Bandle Tale, a, a League of Legends story. Uh, Don't really know much about it. Yeah. It's. Uh, but it does look kind of cute. You know, I, I was thinking like this. This is something that I think the significant it, others would uh, would play. It's a it's a cozy game. There's fishing yeah, 100%. and farming. In a waterfall that goes backwards, what more could you want? Yeah, that's true. And then they had a second one come out called a song. They showed off two. They did Song of New uh, New, which is a League of Legends story as well. Uh, this one's definitely animated differently. Um, the frame rate drops were excessive in the trailer, so I don't know how fun it's going to be. It does look visually appealing, which is nice, but it's also a pre-rendered trailer. But you know what? This is out of, out of anything that they've shown uh, in this, this is like the most like unique or I guess original kind of idea or concept. Yep. Just with some lead characters. That's fun. WarioWare, move it. You wanted Mario party maps too bad. You're getting WarioWare maps. Come on guys. I'm getting so sick of the same things over and over. Why can't we just get a Mario Party, please? What are you talking about? We got Mario Party Superstar. Yeah, with four maps. Do you know how many times I'm I'm like I've played Peach's Cake and I don't want to play it anymore? I'm surprised that they 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 release the Mario Party games. And then they just abandon it. Like you could Mario, have easily had a pass, right? Mario Party is probably one of the best franchises that Nintendo has that people will pay money for more maps. They could turn that into a games as a service, such as like, uh, what was that? Like that one Rainbow Six where they come out with like season downloaded by the way did you oh no <laughs> uh i'll i'll redownload i'll i'll jump in with you and we'll be really bad um but they could they could follow that kind of access and uh and and really just have the one game that spans the life of the console and they just have to release a new map every few months or a few every few months but i don't know what's going on just, like nintendo's I, like, I don't i don't understand why they don't just do this the the booster pass like they do with Mario Kart. Exactly. Like you've got us with Nintendo Switch Online. You might as well just own us. Yeah. 
Um, what's next? Um, Yudin Chronicle, Hundred Heroes. It looks like an action adventure RPG. It this is not an action adventure RPG. I think these are. I'm pretty sure these are turn based RPGs. But this is like that uh, two, like all the characters and NPCs are like two D sprites, but it's in like a three D world, uh, which is always a, an interesting kind of take on things. This is like a lot of like PlayStation Two and like uh, PlayStation or GameCube games, or sorry, not GameCube, uh, PS One, PS Two had were like this, where it was like three D world, like I said, three D world and two D sprite. Yeah, uh, characters, which is pretty cool. So, um, I mean, this is a RPG, so definitely not Sean's Sean's thing. Uh, they announced afterward uh, some DLC for Eastward, uh, another life simulator game. It's literally just starting with better graphics. Well, I wouldn't say better graphics because those like, cows were flying. <laughs> not better graphics by like a different graphical style, like art style, but there's still like this the the same like uh, pixel pixel art stuff. So uh, after that, we got Wargrove Two or Wargrove Two. Uh, this is pretty much what was that? Uh, what was that game that Nintendo did with the the tanks? Advance Wars. Advance Wars. Yeah, that's right. This is pretty much just Advance Wars. Uh, what else we got? Dave the Driver. What was Dave the Driver? Did I miss that one? Yeah. Oh, this. I don't I even love... know what this one was about. Why are oh, they Dave, releasing Dave the Diver? Sorry, not Dave the Driver. <laughs> They're releasing so many pixel-based games now. And you know why though? Because the Nintendo Switch doesn't have power to play or to yeah to, to run modern day, mario kart yeah modern day 3d games which is now, disappointing the final wave of mario kart is actually the most intriguing to me because now we know the game's officially dead we know they are not doing anything else for it right mm-hmm. it, it can't be possible except they add diddy kong who we've died to have since Double Dash, mm-hmm. Funky Kong, Pauline, and P-Jet, right? I think they only added four. Yeah, yeah. And another eight courses. Cool. Pauline's from Mar- uh, Mario Kart Tour and Super Mario Odyssey. Okay, guys. Thanks. It's over. Yeah. Okay, let's get Mario Kart 10. Yeah, for the amount of new courses they've made, it's just bullshit. Just bullshit. Uh, then they showed off that uh, Among Us was getting another map, which is cool. Oh, is that what that trailer was? I didn't really know what what was going on. Oh, that's all it says. Introducing a new map. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then they were like, you know what? We're done. Here's a sizzle reel. Wait, just kidding. What could we possibly do? to make the most money possible. <laughs> what now, could we possibly re-release? <laughs> you took my joke. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because it's, yeah, they could have made a brand new IP. They could have been like, Switch 2. Nope. David, what did they re-release? Uh, we are getting a re-release of, uh, what's this, Paper Mario, The Thousand Year Door, which, okay, 
it looks actually phenomenal. Like it looks incredible. In the defense of this game, uh, Paper Mario: The Thousand Year Door was uh, and still is a great Mario RPG. Uh, it's kind of fitting when you think about it that they're re-releasing Super Mario RPG, the first Mario RPG in the history of Mario games, and then they're releasing as well one of the I would say best. Uh, is this this isn't the f- this isn't this is the second this is the one that was on GameCube right yeah the first one was on 64 and 64 yeah and I remember so this one was probably I would say one of the best uh, Paper Mario games Um, so I mean I'm I'm definitely going to pick this one up I would rather I will pick this one up over Super Mario RPG and the thing is is that if they hadn't announced this until after Super Mario RPG was released, uh, I would have probably bought both. But yeah, I'm leaning towards Super Mario Wonder. Yeah, Just which is I, uh, I want to play something new. That's true. That's fair. Like when I played Odyssey, that game broke my brain. I was so excited to play a new Mario game. Yeah, I mean, I got frustrated with Mario Odyssey, just with the controls. Yeah, but like it also incorporated so many things. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I want another Mario Galaxy. Maybe what like a, ga- a Galaxy Three, right? Yeah, yeah. I think they're going to do an Odyssey Two, though. No, I think so. Yeah. All right. So, out of this whole thing, what surprised you the most? What surprised you the le- or disappointed you the most? And where did they go wrong? Uh, you know what? I would say that F zero ninety nine surprised me the most. Okay. Uh, because we've been dying for a new F zero game for a very long time, and it's an IP that people have. Uh, there's a a pretty strong cult following be- behind F zero. It's a cool world that Nintendo has uh, created, but they also just kind of like left it to die. So the fact that they released this as a 99 player multiplayer game and not just a a new game for the Nintendo Switch uh, was kind of surprising. Um, The most disappointing, though, I don't know. It's it's hard to say because the whole show itself wasn't really like mind blowing. It was just kind of like we're just watching it. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. That's coming out next, right? Um, generally, with some of these uh, long uh, Nintendo Directs, there's something in there that's like, just holy shit, I need that, right? Like, yeah. I, I would never have thought of that, or we're getting this new thing, right? But uh, nothing, right? Like, we didn't even uh, get anything for Metroid Prime 4. And we never will. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, what about you? Most surprising for me. You know what? I asked the question and now I really don't have the answer. I, w- I was surprised to see Thousand Year Door be what they chose to re-release. I'm also more surprised at the fact that we didn't get a Switch 2 announcement, even though it's been leaked and rumored and all this stuff for months, right? I mean, I would How, call that more disappointment than surprise. No, uh, no, but that is a surprise to me because this time we thought it was coming. 
like maybe gamers are just so stupid now we're just like yeah 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 it's finally here because we know about it right that's true but you're right i think you mentioned this pre-show or you mentioned it at the beginning of the show time's running out for that uh that holiday release mm-hmm. so that one's kind of the most and then the like the most disappointing thing for me is probably Mario versus Donkey Kong or Horizon Chase. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't need we don't need um Game Boy Advance games remade slash games that should be on the Game Boy Advance. Never made. Yeah, I mean at this point the Nintendo Nintendo should be focused on their next console. Yeah, like give us Zelda three, give us like how have we not seen another Pokemon Legends game? Like we saw more DLC for Pokemon Sword and Shield. Mm-hmm. I guess people are still really into the or Scarlet and Violet. Sorry, not Sword mm-hmm. and Shield. Um, people are still kind of crazily into that. I got bored halfway through. Maybe I'll finish it. I guess. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Who but knows? I don't know. Why why have we not seen a second Pokemon Legends game? Why haven't we seen anything there? Are we just waiting for the new console? Is that what's kind of going on? Now, here's the thing, though, is maybe maybe that's the plan. Like maybe all of these things that we're expecting uh, or we're looking forward to are going to come out on the, the Switch, too. Right. Yeah. And who knows? What if they are launch titles? They, I mean, I, I can't see Nintendo doing uh, a significant number of these things at launch title, most likely within the launch window, uh, but definitely within the first year of the new console. Like uh, they need to release. They need to release a, a few uh, highly anticipated or sought after games on their next console. Um, otherwise, they're just I think Nintendo uh, like they're never going to go away, right? But I think they're going to be if they if they don't kind of follow through with the expectations of uh, upcoming new games and and at least make things look good and have a system that can compete with, not even try and compete, but at least like update <laughs> so that they can compete hell with mobile games, right? Then uh, I think Nintendo is going to be just maybe a mobile competitor and no longer a home console competitor. Maybe my, uh, my final question to you is how obsolete do you think a potential switch two makes a switch one as a switch owner? Uh, well, that's hard to say right now. It really depends on a few things. If the switch two has full backwards compatibility, with the switch, then that makes the switch completely obsolete. There's no need or no reason to have one. Uh, if the switch two does not work with uh, Nintendo switch games, hell, if they, if all you could play is even digital Nintendo switch games and they, they use a different form, like physical media format, then it, it kind of creates the it doesn't make the switch completely obsolete because there's a lot of people with a physical game collection so you can only play it on that um but it would entice people to then have both consoles fair yeah cool well 
that uh, I guess before we go, what's your overall rating of the show? I will give it a three out of five. Really? A three out of five? I would say it's right down the middle. I'd say it's a five out of ten. So a three out of five. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, it's It wasn't super amazing. It wasn't super disappointing. It was just kind of there. That's fair. It existed. It showed us a lot of what we can look into, but also some of the things that we don't really care about. Right. So. Yeah. The thing is, like, there wasn't a lot there that was. It, there wasn't a lot to look forward to for everyone. Right. Like. If you were into a one type of game, like you had a few things, but other than that, that was it. Very fair. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's our thoughts on the Nintendo Direct and Alfheim. If you have any comments or thoughts, let us know in the comment section or comment on the podcast. Reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. We'll answer your questions because that's what we do. For myself. Wow, is very nice. And David. That Hansel's so hot right now. We want to thank you all for listening. We'll catch you on the next episode of the Scene on Screen podcast.